Hey, all right, this is Tim Crispin. You're listening to Road to the Skeleton Coast with Brendan Kelly. Brendan, what's going on, Bubba? How are you? I'm pretty good, man. Um, as I was telling you in the pre-production meeting, I just had some um, of the world's finest crispy, crunchy chicken, um, which is a chain that you all have visited, but you don't even know because it's, it's bigger than Chick-fil-A, smaller than Popeye's by just a few stores. But it only appears in gas stations and convenience stores. And it is, for those people that are fried chicken aficionados, the best. And it, I just had some fried chicken from there, and it was, in fact, the best. So I can't recommend it highly <laughs> enough. You after fried chicken is a lot like me after two cups of coffee and uh, 40 milligrams of Adderall. Right, just <laughs> sh- t- shitting your pants constantly? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well... <laughs> Checks out. Well, dude, it, it's been a minute, and uh, happy New Year to you. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, been fun so far, right? It, it has been. You know what? I will take these stories over everything that happened last year. Um, I <laughs> the the like sort of failed Navy Seal slash your uncle. Um, Siege on the Capitol was was something to behold. I personally, you can pry the story of that guy tasing himself to death in the nuts not being true out of my electric dead nuts, man. That, that, that shit happened. I refuse to believe otherwise. You're the people that fucking... Made it so we don't trust the media, and so now here I am not trusting the media. That guy electrocuted his balls. I won't be told otherwise. Um, yeah, so far, it's a better year. It's a better year. And and that was uh, that was a fun topic of conversation that you and I actually brought in a, a friend of ours, a a doctor of of doctoring, biology maybe just chemistry, something of that nature, <laughs> chemical biology. She's so, she's something. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, m- most people know her as uh, sincere engineer, aka and or Deanna Bellows was on our Patreon, patreoncom slash sandwich. That is true. That's true. And um, you can listen to that as long uh, along with so many other great interviews, like including Tom May from the Menzingers and um, Dan Andriano from the Alkaline Trio. You can hear. Um, Chris number two from Anti-Flag. You can hear Matt Allison, uh, engineer to the stars. Uh, Toby Jegg, uh, wealthy layabout, playboy. Um, you know, there's all sorts of shit over there. And um, yeah, if you like what you hear here and you want to hear more, or if you just want to support what we do, um, please go over to our Patreon page and uh, sign up. We appreciate it a lot. And of course, if you go over there, you can vote on the songs that we talk about. And the winner of a Patreon poll that we had is what we're talking about this week. Bad religions suffer. Yeah. Cool. Cool record. Um, right off the bat, the the album cover is so iconic and cool. And I mean, like... It's really hard to look at it, I think, with like 2021 eyes and 
see it for what it is because it does have a bit of like a bro cal kind of thing going on which is mm-hmm. like not aged th- the greatest i'd say um you know in the in the uh in the past few decades um and but when, when this shit came out it didn't look like a stylized version of something that was like already established and maybe getting a little tired it was just a terrifying kind of like really good painting of a little boy on fire. Yeah. And um like standing in a suburban neighborhood. I mean it really like sort of sums up the whole thing like just like the fury and the angst of like you know and yeah, this yeah, yeah. this again no I mean the reason I pause is because it's beca- it's 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 become sort of a rallying cry for these like like magapuds and like all these people these days, you know, talk about it. it's like oh the angst and ennui of the suburbs and it's like well you know nobody's getting shot and killed there, but you know really I think there's something to be said for the idea that like when you don't when you aren't allowed to complain because you've got it so good, mm-hmm. um, that's a really impotent feeling, you know, yeah. and um, you know I think there's a lot of people that like. Um, okay, just to use like an example, this is like completely fictitious, but like, say you are in a relationship and, um, your spouse is having a very like bad pregnancy and throwing up every day. Right. For example, Mm -hmm. and their life is miserable and then you have a bad day, like at work or just at home or whatever. And you, (laughs) you know, to be like. Oh, Ricky hurt my feelings at work today. <laughs> it's going to be like met with like, hey, go fuck yourself. I just actually had to like push my fucking stomach back down into my mouth using a toilet brush because I was throwing up so hard because I'm carrying your fucking terrible child. You know, like, uh, it, I mean, it's, but, but it, it really, it really is true. There, there, there becomes like a seething resentment and rage that happens there and it's captured so well on this album cover. It's like this little boy in this nice neighborhood who's just like, there's nobody around him. He's full of like impotent fury to the point where he like self-immolates, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it's fucking super, super powerful. So like when I was a kid, about the same age as the kid on the cover of this record, mm-hmm. went to Reckless Records as I used to do and we've talked about many, many times yep. in this. And... One day I came across two records. One was by a band called The Accused. Okay. And the cover was this like grotesque comic thing Mm -hmm. um, of like this. It looked like if you were going to draw like a, like a pile of vomit or a huge sentient booger Uh or something like that, like (laughs) eating people, that's kind of what it looked like. Sure. Um, But it was cool looking. It wasn't like dumb, like, Mm -hmm. Again, like sort of like SoCal, like looking shit. It was like very stylized. It almost looked like like what would become like the sort of Daniel Close kind of looking shit, you know? Like it was very yeah, comic booky, sure. very like adult comic booky looking. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I had was Bad Religion, No Control. Mm-hmm. Bad Religion, No Control was the most recent Bad Religion album at the time. Um, and uh, and that cover too is just. Which is even a, more iconic than Suffer. It's so 
Well, it, it is, but it's like, to a little kid, I didn't really get too much. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. I didn't understand, like, typesetting and typeface and kerning and all that kind of stuff. Or, like, what was happening. It is bold as shit. It just says, those of you who don't know, it just says, bad religion, no control. It takes up the entire cover. And then it looks like, there's like a, sort of like, almost like a neon pastiche of different colors underneath it. Mm-hmm. That, like... You know, from, like, memory, it could be, like, a wall of flyers, but it's not. It's, like, a little more um, abstract than that. Um, And these were the two records I was thinking about buying. And at the last minute, I went with The Accused, and I bought The Accused record. Mm. And um, I took it home, and it's fucking terrible. It's just (laughs) god-awful. I mean, I can actually appreciate how bad it was, because they were clearly doing something, like, kind of on purpose. Mm-hmm. And what they were doing was making like some of the most abusive sounds, abrasive, abusive sounds that they could. But um, I mean, the guy sang is like, <laughs> I mean, for real. Um, yeah, the first line of that was, She sits, dark room, something, something, meaning and significance. But it was like, like, it was really, like I said, it was really abrasive and gross. And so I was pissed and I was thinking about the Bad Religion tape for mm-hmm. a while until I got my allowance again the next week. <laughs> I went back and I was like looking at it and I was just like, but I was feeling so burned by the accused. I didn't know. I was like, is this going to be another accused record? Man, fuck. Because Bad Religion, like the name, I was like, this could be badass. But it was could also be like kind of like REM-y, you know, like something like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you know, I'm not, I'm not really sure what's going on here. And I didn't have anybody guiding me at all. So, so I went up to the guy <laughs> at Reckless, and I was like, "Okay, I want to buy this, but before I do, does this sound like the accused?" <laughs> <laughs> Which obviously is just like two random things that like. There's like no one's ever asked that question probably before or since, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. And guys like, uh, I really, <laughs> hey, you know, Gary, <laughs> does bad religion sound like the accused? <laughs> and like now in hindsight, I realize that like looking back, the, the dude is like, uh, no, no, mm-hmm. tell him no, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I even think that they might have been like, do you like The Accused? And I was like, no. And they were like, okay, no, it doesn't sound like that at all. Right? So, <laughs> so I went home and I put on No Control. And I hit play on my little boom box. And then like 22 minutes later, I was like, ooh, I am a whole different human being now. It's like what I would like in, like when people talk about like taking DMT. Mm-hmm. And afterwards they're like, changed my life I, I don't know what to tell you it's like i can remember yeah. like when that tape stopped and i was like it was almost like being in uh the matrix and like getting like uploaded all the kung fu into me or something yeah you know where i was yeah, like yeah. fuck and so like so after that like against the grain was gonna come out mm-hmm. and um i took the day off school to go to reckless and waited outside to get it the day it came out that's so funny and when I like ran in, like when they opened at like noon, I was like, Do you have Against the Grain by Bad Religion? And they're like, 
No, no, we, <laughs> we didn't. We didn't order that. Do you want us to order it? It'll be here next week. You know. <laughs> so, this is where my love affair with bad religion began, and um, so I was able to get "How Could Hell Be Any Worse" mm-hmm. against the grain. Um, and then I even got um, the back to the known twelve inch. Yeah, and that was like what existed at the time, like eighty eighty five. Didn't wouldn't come out till a lot later. Mm-hmm. Against the Grain was the most current album, so obviously there's nothing after that to get. But Suffer remained out of print, right? Oh, for real? Yeah, and it was out of print for years and years and years, and it was like sort of my white whale. Whoa! And I was like, you know, I'd see, I'd see the cover, mm-hmm. like. And I don't even know where I'd see it because it's not like I could see it on the internet or anything like that. But I had seen it. No. You know what? I had never seen the cover, but everywhere I went, I looked for it. Like I'd go to like mm-hmm. a mall, like when I go to visit my dad in Springfield, Missouri, I'd like flip through like the the tapes and the CDs or whatever. And there was one time I think it might have I wanna say I was in Texas, but I don't know why I would have been down in Texas. It might have been like right when my mom Remarried my stepfather's a Texan, and um, I might have been down there at a mall with my stepbrother, mm-hmm. and I decided to flip through the CDs, and there was Suffer, and I was like, "Holy shit!" It was like I'd been searching for this forever. Yeah, and it was finally there, and it was on a CD, and I didn't have a CD player. I didn't know anyone who had a CD player, uh-huh. but I bought it anyway. <laughs> You know, and um, I was so excited and I went home and I like, you know, I remember just like freaking out about the cover being so cool. And then on the inside, they took somebody's room and just wrote all the lyrics in marker on the wall. No shit. Uh, That's so dope. Yeah, it is awesome looking. I mean, it like it looks kind of like a hotel like room because it's like there's a window. Mm-hmm. From what I remember, there's a window and there's a jacket, and I believe it's Jay Bentley's jacket. I I think he told me that um, when we finally toured with them. Which <laughs> okay, it, I'm Jay not like Bentley. Yeah, like I don't want it to sound like I'm like casually name dropping. What I want it to sound like is. I'm so in awe of this band and these mm-hmm. guys. Yeah, that, like, totally. I, like, I got lucky enough to tour with them. And, like, Jay Bentley's like, yeah, you know, that's my jacket uh, hanging on the door. Or maybe it was Brett Gerowitz. I don't remember. It's one of those two guys mm-hmm. that told me that. Um, obviously, it's really stuck with me. <laughs> Life-changing <laughs> story. Um, but but they they wrote all the lyrics on the fucking Whoa, and I was just like, man, this is so fucking badass. And I had that record memorized before I'd ever heard it, you know? Yeah. Um, in terms of the lyrics, because I was just like so into that's it. That's fucking crazy. But I mean, like, that's what kind of a fucking dork I was, and that's what kind of a bad religion fan I was, mm-hmm. you know? And um, so I guess What happened was I found I seeked out somebody who had a CD player, and I listened to it and I dubbed it to tape, I believe. And I mm-hmm. wouldn't get another a CD player for like another year, but it <laughs> did not disappoint me at all. 
Um, it's an incredible, incredible album. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, there's the <laughs> there's that line in that Menzinger song that's something like, it's on uh, Chamberlain Waits, where it's like, you know, we'd stay up all night uh, arguing about what was the better, mm-hmm. what was the best Bad Religion album. We agreed it was either No Control or Suffer. And I like <laughs> took Greg aside and I was like, what what the fuck is that? That's the that's the contest, dude. It's like what, 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 <laughs> that, those are the options of best yeah. bad religion album, you motherfucker. Like you, you don't get to say that. Like uh, <laughs> I saw I saw the Menzingers play at the G Man, and it was an an acoustic set with uh, just Tom and Greg playing, and they played that song and. I was near the front, and I was like, dog, it is clearly Suffer, which I only put the clearly in there for emphasis. But sure. It is the contest. One of those two. Yeah, but I, yeah, it's like, it's like nobody's, nobody's coming in. And, I mean, you know, here's the thing. A bad, like, bad religion is so enduring and puts out such a consistent catalog for so many years, there probably is an argument that, like, The Grey Race is their best album or something. But, mm-hmm. you know, to somebody of – it's not. It's not. The Grey Race is not. Right. Uh, like, it, it's No Control or Suffer. Those are the records that, like, changed the fucking universe, man. Like, when they came out, like, nothing like that was being done before. Suffer, specifically, came out before No Control. Um, you probably have the information in front of you more handily. I would say it came out in 1988. It came out on your birthday in 1988. That's, fuck yeah, it did. Um... My twelfth birthday. Um, so the the kid that's going in to get no control is. Did you just miss the the cutoff point there? Are you how old were you when you were uh, finding them for the first time? Well, so my my whole thing with punk rock kind of started when I was like really casually when I was like ten or eleven with the Dead Milkmen, mm-hmm. and then. I started getting really into it when I was 12 and bad religion came along a little later. Like I was already really into like minor threat, bad brains. Um, you know, uh, even like I had green day, a green day record, I think. And maybe, maybe that's, maybe I'm that, that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense, but for sure. Er, early nineties. Well, the thing is I already had like naked ray gun albums, Mm-hmm. I'd seen Jawbreaker. Um, I don't know. You know I'm bad at these timeline things. But, like, I already had, like, a series of bands that I thought of as being, like, these sort of, like, I called them alternative bands because I didn't understand mm-hmm. what punk rock was at the time. Yeah. Um, that I liked. And then I heard No Control. And it kind of changed everything, you know? Yeah. Like, totally. So it, it was a little bit after, I think. So I think that Unfun came out in 89, right? 89 or 90, yeah. Um, and and I think it was just right after that. Mm-hmm. You know, because I was like, I'd heard Jawbreaker, and I was like, yep, this is my shit. And then I heard, you know, it was like the lambs in the Lisa Goes Vegetarian episode. I was like, ah, <laughs> ah, ah. And then, like the third lamb, then it's like get out of here, you, with all the rest of it. You know, like the bad religion really like took me to a new place. <laughs> um, but yeah, like 
you know, before Suffer came out, like what hardcore, like the most melodic sounding hardcore out there was literally Minor Threat, you know? Yeah. Like you could hear like Black Flag. Um, whoever singing for Black Flag at the time, you know, no matter what era you're talking about, sometimes carries a tune like Circle Jerks. Mm-hmm. They, they carry a tune, you yeah, know, but it's like. It's not a lot of guitar playing. There's a real attention to melody mm-hmm. in Minor Threat, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, Ian really does sing for all of, like, his credit as, like, a screamer. He really does sing, and he really does hit notes, and there's an attention to melody, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whether or not he's just yelling notes, I suppose it's arguable to say that he is. But there's an attention to melody there, you know? Um, uh, and then Bad Religion Suffer comes out, and it's, like, that fast, that hard. Yeah. And it's, like... Did you ever see the concrete stairs of every day? <laughs> the lunatic, the hypocrite are all lost in the fray. Can't see uh, their lives are just like yours. You know, like, and that's like, what the <laughs> fuck? I mean, like, can you imagine hearing that at the time? I cannot, you know, like, I, like, I, like, I remember when I heard it for the first time, I was like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I didn't know any of this was allowed. Yeah. You know, like, it's so crazy. Like, this guy's voice is so awesome. These lyrics are so fucking whip smart. And yet they're still so dangerous and like, kind of seem like they would offend my parents if I could figure out what they meant. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And like, and like, it's like, it's like, oh, you know what? Like. It's got that real, like, you know, propaganda has got that song that says, you can rearrange my face, but you can't rearrange my mind. It's like, that's, like, almost like the bad religion calling card, you know? It's just like, Mm -hmm. come on, fuck with Mm -hmm. me all you want, you dumbass. You're going to die, and who fucking cares? Fuck you. We're all going to end up in the same place, man. So Mm -hmm. have your fun trying to fucking beat me up now, but I know what's going on, and I'm not afraid. (laughs) Fucking take your God and shove it, man, you know? So, um... My my first experience with Bad Religion is probably something that a lot of people listening can relate to, and it was the fucking Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 soundtrack. You oh, yeah. was on there, and it was like, well, this song is cool. And then a couple of years later, like getting into punk rock, there was, by that time, there was a lot of melodic pop punk, and then there was like older, faster stuff, and Bad Religion was to me like really the band that was from the 80s that sounded like you didn't have to make any like adjustments to your listening it was as intense then as it was in the beginning and as it like continues to be yeah man um i mean i can't really say enough good things about bad religion uh particularly like this span of albums like how could hell be any worse suffer no control against the grain Eh, generator to some extent but like (laughs) like particularly like the big three Mm -hmm. it's just like and they put those out in like what two and a half years or something 
well, how could hell be any worse is from like 82. Cause this, this band like breaks up, uh, gets back together. Brett leaves at a point or some, something like that. So there's this really long, uh, distance between into the unknown and suffer. And I mean, into the unknown is kind of like a, a parenthetical in the discography kind of, but like the, I feel like how can how could hell be any worse? It's a really really good like California early '80s punk record. By the time they get to suffer, they just created a genre. Totally, yeah. Like how could hell be any worse? Is like oh hey, Agent Orange. You think you mm-hmm. got this nailed down? Yeah. Oh, you know, hey, the Descendants. Check this out. Like we're doing something a lot more ragged than you. Yeah. Hey, Bad Brains. We're absolutely like on your same page, but we're the white version, you know, mm-hmm. like in, in like a fucking, obviously very white subculture. Yeah. Uh, but like, <laughs> there's not a lot of bands whiter than bad religion. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, the singer's a college professor yeah. and the guitar player owns a, you know, fucking fortune 500 company. You, you don't, you don't really get. So that, uh, that's much something whiter. I wanted to ask you about. How the fuck does this on epitaph remain out of print? So I don't know anything about that. Um, but I, you know, anything I say would be just like blind, wild speculation. Sure. Um, uh, but it was, mm-hmm. it was out of print and like, I could find, how could hell be any worse? Mm-hmm. I could find like the gas huffer LP. Uh, <laughs> I could find, you know, no control. It was everywhere. But something about Suffer, it just it just fell by the wayside at some point. And I mean, it was, I remember looking for it for about two years. It's wild. But I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, so, so when you started hanging out with uh, Danny and Matt Stamps, the slapstick kids who kind of, they know, they know the culture, they know their shit. What was the, uh, what was the feeling on Bad Religion, like within that crew? Were they already just like a well-established fact of life? I don't recall necessarily what their vibes on bad religion were specifically. But what I do recall is that they all were like, Oh, this guy's really, really into bad religion. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like that was sort of like, uh, I feel like bad religion was not the band for them Mm -hmm. as much, but like for as dorky as the band I came from was, I feel like the fact that I listened to Minor Threat and Bad Religion and Bad Brains, they were like, "No, no, no, he's okay." You know, like he yeah, loves Bad sure. Religion. He's uh-huh. like, he likes Bad Religion more than like any anybody I know. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> so but but like um yeah, I, I was definitely the Bad Religion guy or whatever, and and it's gone on to be something that's so funny i was there i was with their manager christina 
uh, backstage at one of the last shows we played with them last year. Mm. And and I was just like singing along with the words, and she was like, well, "You know, not too many people do that like that because the words are so like fast and furious or whatever." I'm like, "I know, I'm just a huge fan." I'm like, I find it really funny that, you know, I think Greg is like the best singer and he's been my favorite forever. And as much as I like steal influences from everybody, I really don't like think that I've taken anything really from him. It's just odd. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah. You definitely don't use like huge words and sing way faster than anyone could sing along with ever (laughs) at all. And I was like, oh, maybe I do. Oh, yeah. So it is there, but like it's very unconscious. It's more like it's like in the the riverbed of my like whole like songwriting because it's so endemic to what I think is cool. Yeah, you know, I just uh, spoke to a friend of yours, Mike Park, for a better yet interview that's going to be up next week, and it was really funny doing prep for that and like reading some old Mike interviews and just being like, Oh, I knew that this guy like influenced me in a lot of ways, but I didn't know that like literally everything that I feel about music starts with Mike Park and Mike Park's version of DIY. It's funny when you like, you realize like how far down it goes that it's, it's not even influence anymore. It's just like a part of your DNA now. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly the, a great way to put it. Um, It's like, you know, consciously like crib, like the entire style of how like Robbie Takak from the Goo Goo Dolls sings Mm -hmm. or like, uh, you know, take a turn of phrase or like a melody from, Chris Hanna from Propaganda or from Jeff Hot or from Blake Schwarzenbach or something like that. But the Greg Graffin thing is like so deep and endemic and like part of like the very foundation of what I think is cool that it's like I don't even see it as being a ripoff. I see it as just like, well, you have to do it this way. This is, you know, this is like totally. And I was thinking a lot about um, Greg's vocals in thinking about talking to you about this too and it's that movement that all of his vocal melodies are just you know crescendoing and they're so there's just so much movement within them and it seems like a seems like a pretty strong parallel to you and he's got such an ability too to just like it just feels like it flows out of him so naturally yeah, he he really like yeah, I mean like you know, particularly like the like the thing that I was singing earlier from the title track on this record. I mean like that like did you ever see the concrete stairs of every day? Like it's like how do you stop that once you start it? You know, it mm-hmm. seems like it's 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 like a cascading flood of melody coming out of you. Here's something funny and I am a goyim so I don't know if I'm like really supposed to like divulge this information, but fuck it, you know, it's 2021 baby um so i was talking to fat mike when like we were first like hanging out all the time and real tight and stuff and we were talking about melodies and writing melodies and he's like yeah dude you know 
with Brett Gerowitz told me because Brett he writes like half the bad religion songs. I'm like, yes, I know, I know that, I know that. <laughs> you know. And he's like, and he was like, I was like, dude, where do you come up with all these awesome melodies? And he told me it's old Jewish folk songs, dude. Um, mm-hmm. And 100, yeah. mm-hmm. percent you know, listen to it and like. Do 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 do. You know, like yeah. Like it, like if you just like put an accordion in there instead of like Brian Baker. It's not Brian Baker on this album, but you you get the idea. Yeah. Like shredding behind it, and you like kind of like make it a little even more staccato. You know, like any of it. It's fucking wild, man. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody listening fucking doesn't even, it doesn't have to be Jewish. Just listen to fucking Woody Guthrie. Just take it all. It's open source. You know, there's, it's funny. There's, um, there's a record by, cause you know, I I think Chris was there when Mike was telling us this also, Chris McCoggin from the Lawrence arms. Um, you know, Mike was just kind of holding court like he does, which is, Mm -hmm. I've always said, if you're the fucking most interesting person in the room, there's no reason for you to shut up, you know? Um, and Mike... That's why I didn't tends, talk at all. <laughs> Mike tends to be that, you yeah. know? And and um, so we're just sitting there listening to him, and he's just, like, going off on this stuff and telling us stuff like this. And afterwards, um, the band Frenzel Rom, an Australian band, a wonderful band, mm-hmm. they were on Fat for a second, and Fat... And they're... They're like the Australian no effects. They're huge in Australia. Okay. Um, and we did a tour with them. We were fortunate enough to do a tour with them. And those guys are unbelievable lads. Um, really can't say enough good things about them as a band and as guys and just hosts. And it was terrific. But um, um, they put out a record called Forever Malcolm Young. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I think Fat didn't want to do it, or maybe they didn't want to do it with Fat. I don't remember, but Chris and I, when we did that tour, which was on the was that it was for that record. Me and Chris were like, "Dude, these guys did with like old Catholic hymnal choir songs." Yeah. What Bad Religion did with like old Jewish, mm-hmm. um, you know, traditional songs. It's like that same thing. Like that, that kind of shit, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it, it really, it really just is like, I don't know. The whole, the whole thing's very fascinating, but it, it just goes to show that like, when you invent, uh, God, I'm getting dangerously out of my element here, but I, my brain's already going down this path. You invent a computer, there is not, there's not something you can copy because there's never been a computer before, right? So you right. take yeah. like the pieces out of like say a blender and you look at that and then you like solder this together or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like when you're really inventing something that's never happened before, you need to use things that are laying around mm-hmm. that have nothing to do with what you're doing. And I mean, 
Suffer is a great example of that. I mean, yeah. Jewish folk hymns to create a truly like, you know, pentatonic, minor, but heavily melodic sound mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. hardcore, you know, like, yes, you take the Jewish hymns because that's what's there. Yeah. And it, it, it becomes yours later. And later you can make your own motherboard and other people can rip that off or whatever. But Yeah, totally. But like I mean you're talking about like you know, a lot of people talk about like mad scientists, like you know, Megadeth is a bunch of mad scientists, like, nah, they're just like sitting in a garage shredding scales and like uh-huh. doing heroin and chugging bottles of Jaeger. That's not really being a mad scientist. That's <laughs> fucking whatever. But like taking your grandpa's like rabbi's sacred fucking mm-hmm. bar mitzvah songs and turning them into songs about how there's no God. Eh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not to use a total rabbi uh sound. Eh, maybe uh <laughs> but, but, but You want to I should stop, uh hey. I mean, I, I think that there's something to the fact that w- what what Greg is pulling from is not just like, ah, oh, maybe I should just uh, get out this, uh, you know, old folkways uh, record of, of, of old Jewish hymns. It's shit that's like embedded in him. Well, from- no, see, okay, so Greg is, I believe he is a Gentile. Oh, okay, um, okay. Brett, Brett Gerowitz. Gotcha. Who... who who up until I think he left after Stranger Than Fiction, but he would write about half the songs. And I've seen these interviews with them that are so fascinating because, and actually this was, because <laughs> I, I, I know that there is a period where those guys all didn't like each other. I've just read that. Mm-hmm. I mean, from being on tour with them, it doesn't seem to me that that's the case now at all. I mean, I could be, I mean, there's probably somebody that is like closer to them that's listening to this, just like laughing their ass up. Like, really, they hate each other. But uh, to me, it seemed like they all got along rather well. I mean, Greg's very aloof; he travels separately and everything like that. But mm-hmm. I think he's just got his his own program going on uh, entirely. But respect. That's yeah, totally. And uh, and I I don't get the feeling that that's a thing that's based on animosity or anything like that or acrimony Mm -hmm. um but but um i think it was an interview with jay bentley and this was i think during a time when i (laughs) i think that everybody hated each other from what the at least the media sort of was portraying um he was talking about how like greg would write a song because he really liked his voice like in this lower register Mm -hmm. where it's easy to sing but then Brett liked it in the high register where his voice would break apart. So then Brett would write a song up here, like specifically because he wanted that. <laughs> I want to conquer the world. You know, like that, that, that like crazy high stuff. <laughs> and, uh, Man, you know, that... like, like, like Greg Graffin wrote No Control. And you, you can tell, I mean, um, that is, um, 
Cultural pseudo-proliferation, but it's got him melded mm-hmm. into an inharmonic whole, to an inharmonic whole. You know, questions <laughs> that besiege us in life are testament of our helplessness. <laughs> so then I would guess that Brett probably wrote when. When? When? <laughs> when? when, when yeah, and I mean, he still like, fucking carries it. Well, dude, yeah, and I mean, like, you know, it's interesting um, when... You stand behind them. He sings very quietly. I mm-hmm. mean, like he's all like precision. He's like a he's almost like a sculptor. It's like he's hitting every single subtle thing, but he is not. I mean, here's the thing: he's an older dude. He he does something that is very like artistically rendered. Mm-hmm. And he's not trying to fuck around and scream. I mean, he is enthusiastic and into it or whatever. Weird as his whole thing is with his like pointing and uh, stuff. But like, you know, I mean, it's pretty endearing also, I think. Um, yeah. But like, but it's very, very quiet. He sings like it's it's almost like. um you know, like counterintuitive to what you hear. Totally. But he's 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 doing it like he's doing like a perfect rendering of it, knowing that the speakers can do like the heavy lifting for him. That um Greg from the Bouncing Souls is kinda the same way. He's just like on top of the mic and just you never see his mouth open more than like an inch and a half. It's yeah, wild yeah, totally. for how big and booming. Um, I think that there's, we kind of, um, we spoke about Minor Threat, and we obviously, uh, Brian joins Bad Religion, but you said something a, a while back about just um, how that band sounded like they could, it was like they started the thing, and then they every song sounds like it would also be at the top of that thing today and there is just such a fucking magic in every one of those riffs that comes out it's just like immediately you're like cool and it's just a three it's just three chords but you get down to that minor always there's always a good minor in the best of these songs yeah i mean this so here's the thing and i i think it's going to sound like I'm coming down on Team Minor Threat here, um, but it's like what I was saying was even with all the influences of Minor Threat mm-hmm. in the modern world of punk rock, even all the influences of a band that was influenced by a band that was influenced by Minor Threat, Minor Threat coming out today would still sound unbelievably brand new, and people would be like, like they'd be on the fucking front page of pitchfork you know uh-huh. uh like they'd be just like those like fucking critical darling kind of band you know mm. whether they wanted to be or not totally. like a, a gloss you know yeah right yeah uh a soul glow mm-hmm. but more because they're fucking minor threat and no offense to gloss or soul glow i don't think anybody's gonna be offended by that no but but like um but Bad Religion, if they came out now, 
with all the people that have been influenced by them, mm-hmm. it's not quite the same. Like, they'd be great at it. Yeah. But it... I feel like it's a lot easier to approximate and to not be good at. Mm-hmm. And and it's easier to dismiss. Yeah. Right? It's a testament to me potentially being totally wrong about this. The Bad Religion just put out... Um, what's that? What's their most recent album called with uh, like the Paranoid Style and stuff on it? My Sanity. Um, I can't think of what that record's called. Age of Unreason. Age of Unreason. Sorry, yeah, I'm having a brain fart. That's we toured. We did that tour, <laughs> and it's one of their best records. I'd say it's maybe their fourth best record. Wow. Um, and it's a testament to me probably being wrong that they came out with that record, and it's so fucking good. Yeah. You know, but like. But I feel like there's no band that sounds like Minor Threat as much as everybody's like aped straight edge hardcore and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with Pennywise out there, Bad Religion just sounds like a much better Pennywise. Uh, with no offense to Pennywise, but um, I mean, Jesus Christ, they'll kill me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, like it's like you know, their counterpunch exists. Like mm-hmm. Bad Religion just sounds like a better counterpunch. Uh, with no offense to counterpunch, you know, but like you get you know what I'm saying. I do get what um, you're saying, especially when you hit the fucking mosh part and give you nothing. Like, oh my god, there's an entire genre of music that is based off of that, and Bad Religion is just like, yeah, we're gonna take that thing and we're just gonna throw it in our already incredible little little pop punk song. Yeah, no, it is. Um, yeah, I mean, this record just. I mean, just the first line of this album. Hey, sit down and listen, and they'll tell you when you're wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Can you, like, can you imagine, like, (laughs) what it's like to be a punk in the mid eighties and put on this blistering album by this like weird hardcore band from LA. Mm-hmm. And the first line is not stand up, rise up, let's fight. It's Hey, sit down and listen. Like it is mm-hmm. crazy how fucking profoundly, like genre bending that is like it's taking the entire thing and it's turning it completely around it's like it's like this this whole thing you've been going for this like stand up and raise your fists and you know yeah. fuck the authority and all this it's like no man sit down and listen they're going to tell you when you're wrong and this is how it goes you know yeah. like Sorry, like, we're your older brother, but instead of showing you cool punk albums and where we hide the porn in the woods, uh, we're going to tell you about the fucking, like, failed society that you've been born into and the, like, awful you're fed as um, some sort of 
Pablomic uh, salve so you don't fear death too much. Um, here we go. <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. uh, I have no influence at all from <laughs> Greg Gaffin, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and like, like looking at that song in particular too, just the way that he like frames what is, you know, is very, very like Marxist based politics and puts it into just like the language is so sharp, just eradicate, but vindicate. That's the second line. And like, you know, just taking things like puritanic worth work ethic. And he really crafts like a message that is very dense in its original forms, but puts it into this, like this sort of just, armageddon vision of yeah we're fucked well i mean it's cool because it's like you know like that that whole thing it's like um you know um puritan work ethic maintains its subconscious edge Mm -hmm. right like you're you're stuck in a in a puritanical society that you're born into and you feel it whether you want to or not and old glory maintains your consciousness you know you and and you you pledge allegiance to your god which is actually a flag right Mm -hmm. but then there's a loser in the house and a puppet on a stool and a crowded way of life in a black reflecting pool. And as the people bend, the moral fabric dies and culture can't pretend to ignore its people's cries. It's like, all of a sudden, it's like, you just like went through the mirror at this little farmhouse where this like fucking, you know, yoked up religious hillbilly lived. And it's like, and, and it's, just, <laughs> it's just like, boom, ding, ding, doom, ding. Like, like, you know, there's like, it's like weird black and white, but it's all in like purple, mm-hmm. you know, and there's like a little girl sitting on a stool and there's, you know, like it's, it's just so, for is like brutally, and if you want to use like the most fucking um, grossly reductive terms, like sociology 101 you might say that that first verse is after the instrumental break it's like nope um this is also art yeah make no mistake mm-hmm. this is and then and, but that's what it is it's like the government's going to tell you what to do the government's going to tell you who you are you're a puppet it's too crowded. You, they're not even going to pretend to hear you scream. Hmm. And the reason is because you are the government. You are a representation of what this is. Ineffectual, hmm. uncaring, unable to do anything, unwilling to help anyone, unwilling to help yourself. And I make a difference too. <laughs> you know, and it's just yeah. like, it's so fucking like cynical, but it's so incisive. And I think like at the time, I mean, like who's singing this? Nobody. Not now. Not yeah. then. Yeah. You know? And I mean, and, and then the next song is better. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, uh, the next song makes the first song look like dog shit. Uh, <laughs> Yo, for real. It's like, oh, cool. That was the cue up for. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and it's like you can see this stuff like revisited in um in No Control. Like Change of Ideas is obviously you are the government like V2, right? And uh mm-hmm. is Change of Ideas as good as you are the government? Uh no. I don't think so, but um I mean, I have my in my heart No Control is a more perfect album. Yeah. Um but uh this the beginning of this record is like so unfuckwithable. It's it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, a thousand more fools. I mean, if for nothing else, brother, you'd better get down on your knees and pay. Is so dope. Mm-hmm. It's like in what universe is he not going to say pray? Yeah. But it's like, we know, we know they're the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, don't cost nothing to pray, but it's not like you're not spending money. <laughs> like, it's fucking, it's fucking awesome. I mean, and, and this is also one of my favorite lyrics lyrical runs of anybody ever like in the beginning of this song mm-hmm. which is uh the i heard them say that the meek shall reign on earth phantasmal myriads of saint bucolic birth i've seen the rapture in a stall of baby's eyes incohate beta to the lord of the flies and it's like i don't know what any of those fucking words are for one thing and for another thing he just drops the phrase "the Lord of the Flies" in there, and it's like I don't think that has anything to do with anything, but it sounds so dope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, I th- he does do a thing where he just like has like a cut and paste sort of uh, vibe, you know, where it's if the if the phrase fits right there and it's evocative. Don't don't fuck with like what it is. Just put it there. Just place it, and then uh, you know anybody who went to high school and be like, "Oh yeah, I know that one. I know I know Lord of the Flies. I read that." Well, you know, I say that, and I like I could really deconstruct this beginning very quickly and point to why it actually is intentional as hell. But well, I mean, like bucolic birth. That's like pretty animal, right? Well, bucolic is beautiful, right? It's it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Rapture in a stolid baby's eyes. Um, Inca hate beatitude. It's like it's like all of like the so it's like the honor society. Yeah. Well, it's it's the it's the the beauty of like youth, like like real youth, mm. baby mm-hmm. youth, infancy, um, and you know, and it's like like hey. Um, you know, they said the meek shall reign on earth. Like these, like sweet, beautiful babies, beautiful babies, beautiful babies. The Lord of the Flies. You know, <laughs> like, like, it, like it, it really is the next thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, and uh, and 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 it and it it actually the check is cashed by the chorus. Yeah, you know brother you better get down on your knees and pay a thousand more fools are being born every fucking day like it's like yeah you're born and it's all beautiful and shit and then it turns into lord of the flies 
So fucking snow getting out, buddy. Yeah. Fucking. That, that I mean, opening line too of the of the chorus too, just that. What does it mean to he's? I don't know, man. He's just so masterful with a melody, and just being able to hit those notes in yeah. only oh. his way. What does it mean when your mind starts to stray? Cause I just got big images of love on the way. Brother, you better get down on your knees and pay. A thousand more fools are being born. Every fucking day. Yeah. Woo. I feel yeah. like. Yeah, no, it's so, it's so, <laughs> Go ahead. It's so great. And I mean, just like that, you know, Chris and I talked about this, um, actually while we were on this tour with, um, that like the iconic riff in this song but then this is the iconic part it's like that shouldn't work that shouldn't be good at all um and yet it's awesome yeah and that's what i've said to you a lot of times here it's like if you do something that shouldn't work, and it does, it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. You know, but I mean, I I learned it from watching these guys, I guess, more than anything. You know, um, I really think that like the the run of just the first like five songs is I can't think of many examples that could even come close to just what this less than 10 minutes is of you are the government thousand more fools how much is enough when give you nothing it's starting a record off like that well you see it's funny you say that because i feel like the quality starts to dip right at how much is enough. How much is enough is fine. When is fine. Give you nothing. <laughs> You're a sidewalk cipher speaking prionic jive. Woo! You know, like, uh, uh, it's fine. I mean, like, none of these songs are bad. These would be the best song on any other band's record. Mm-hmm. You know? But, like, to me, like, the songs on here that are, like, that that's maybe the difference to me between this and No Control is actually like kind of this section, which I think three to seven is just fine. Mm-hmm. But I'm coming off of no control, so my standards are like at bad religion at their very best. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and I am aware, for those of you out there listening, that I could never write a song half as good as any of these songs. I am not suggesting... I could. I still know every single word and chord change to all of these. Yeah. When, when will you try to change logarithmic makes it Yeah. Um but the I don't know, like <laughs> Land of Competition, I've always wondered is and not not to gloss over how much is enough when and 
Give You Nothing. Give You Nothing is real disco which is hilarious. And that's the one with your breakdown. Yeah, I love that vroom, breakdown. Vroom, 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 vroom. And I don't know. I kind of... Uh, those, those are not my favorite Bad Religion songs. Land of Competition, I am curious about how tongue-in-cheek it is, to be honest. Yeah. I always feel like I am missing something from... Because they say the phrase Southern California and that's on quite a few times. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, it's like in the Red Hot Chili Peppers level of saying California in a song. I like to hear the Red Hot Chili Peppers do the end part to give you nothing. I bet that shit will get funky. No, 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 no. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Brandon, I want to give a shout out to our friends over at Unscripted Moments, a podcast about propaganda. They had me on this week to talk about gifts. You've been on there as well. Yes, I was. Um, Yeah, they they do a great job over there um, talking about a great band and um, very, very good um, interviewers mm-hmm. and, uh, good guys. Um, well, I mean, I only talked to like really one guy when I right. did it. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I'm just going to use the Royal guys, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, that's a, that's an awesome podcast. You should go over there and, uh, listen to Tim unfairly malign the great propaganda song gifts. Uh, it will be funny for you to be able to make fun of him about something he does on another podcast. Um, um, yeah, the great humans. Uh, you listen to that podcast, you'll learn a lot. Um, got really good interviews with David Anthony over there. Also, uh, fucking John Darneal and uh, Lauren Denizio. So that's Unscripted Moments. Uh, thanks so much, Greg. Brandon. No control. Yo. Brendan, suffer by that religion. Um, it picks up for you, second half. The title this track on this motherfucker. No, 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 my friend. The last song on the first side. Of the tape. Of the tape. A bad religion always, in this, in this period, they ended the first side with a slower song or a more mid-tempo-y song right mm-hmm. um and it in on no control of sanity and on against the grain it was uh faith alone yeah faith alone yes. okay yeah so faith alone is the sanity of against the grain and they are both the best for you of their respective album. Mm-hmm. But best for you is a much more aggressive song, but it still falls into that category of being, it's, it's a faster song than those two. It's a better song than those two. Mm-hmm. Here's what I remember, man. 
young Brendan Kelly and Chris McCoggan sitting there getting stoned. We've listened to this record about a million billion times. This isn't even like the first year mm-hmm. we've heard it. I mean, we might be juniors in high school at this point, seniors in high school. We might even be living in our own house together at this point. You got a cell phone? Mm, no, it was before that. Oh, but okay. um, but so we're sitting there and it's just like, like dudes do, especially stoned dudes, sit there and you just like kind of stare forward. You don't talk. You just kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why bars exist the way they do. It's why women like to go to like cocktail bars where you can all face each other and talk mm-hmm. and men belly up to a bar so you don't have to look at anybody and you can just stare off into space. Right? I think that's I mean, not to like use a gender binary, but I think that there's like a very basic um truth to that on like a probably like eighty percent uh yeah. basis. Yeah. Eighty three eighty two point seven. That's the Hey, cheers to that metaphor. Yeah, cheers, right. Um, Like the show. But there is a tendency for dudes to sit there and, like, stare in the same direction and just, like, not talk. Mm -hmm. And Chris and I were enjoying this rich tradition. (laughs) And um, (laughs) this song came on, and it gets to the end, and he goes, You know what, man? That shit is fucking true. And I was like, huh? <laughs> what? And he goes, everybody knows what's best for you, man. Everybody knows what is best for you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. Wow. Not only was I like blown away by the by seeing what this song was saying, like actually like hearing the words for what they were, for what they were trying to convey. Mm -hmm. But then Chris, like using the exact same words and saying it to me in such a way that I was like, Whoa, I've never thought of it that way. And this is not just like stoner me talking. This is, you know, I've talked to you many times, Tim, about how like, I really don't understand a lot of things unless somebody says them to me. Yeah. Overtly. And like, this was one of those times when I was just like, right. That's what this song is about, is about how everybody knows what's best for you. Mm -hmm. Like they, they don't have your best interest at heart, but they know what you should fucking do. And they know what you shouldn't do. And they'll tell you all about it. And they'll enact laws to make sure you do or don't do the things that they think are best for you. Mm-hmm. You know? They'll punish you if you don't do what they think is best for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, I mean, the song, it's like, above us lay the burdens, below us lay the proofs you know fucking yeah like they're all watching down on you inside they know what's best for you it's like it's so creepy it's like you're theirs you know Mm -hmm. your children already belong 
to us. Why don't you? It's the same exact thing, but it's like about you. It's not about your kids, like becoming part of like a military industrial complex. It's about you being part of a society that is determined what is best for you. And these people inside, they know what's best for you, you know? Yeah. Take a look at all your peers. They're all looking down on you. Mm-hmm. Inside, they know what's best for you. Mm-hmm. And then the fucking end, man. Get the fuck out of here. What a, like, I've always said there's three kinds of songs, right? Well, four kinds of songs. First one is where there's no chorus at all, mm-hmm. right? And that rarely works. But when it does, it goes big. Second one is regular verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, out, right? Um, great example of that would be, I don't know, fucking Paradise City by Guns N' Roses, yeah. right? Um, next, the verse is the chorus, right? It's in mm-hmm. the chorus. I want to be sedated by the Ramones, mm-hmm. right? It's the, the end of the world as we know it. Uh, no, no, that is... That is verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Out. Have I said anything right today? Mm, no, but asking that question's along the right lines. Um, <laughs> but, but like, you know, I want to be sedated. 20, 20, 24 hours to go. I want to be sedated. No, I do nowhere to go. Yeah. I want to be sedated. Right? So it's the verse is the chorus. No, no, no. Right? I, I, the only reason I look lost is because I feel like. I was thinking of something else, but said it's the end of the world as we know it. So now I'm trying to be. Anyway, I'm listening. I'm listening. 24 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of Ramones start songs start with the chorus. Right, but that's but it, but it's like disguise is the verse. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and and then the last, which is the second hardest to pull off. The hardest to pull off is no chorus at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, I thought that was the first one. Right, but that's the hardest thing to pull off. But the the second hardest thing to pull off is the last thing that I'm about to say, which is you do it all, and then you fucking put the chorus at the end over and over again to that. Mm -hmm. And that's what this song does. Yeah. And it fucking works like crazy in this, particularly because, like, structurally, it reflects the feeling of being, like, beaten down by everybody like controlling every aspect of you, no matter where you turn, mm-hmm. right? I mean, can you imagine being somebody that like, you know, I feel this enough as like a very fortunate cis hat white male that was like born into relative privilege, you know? Um, Handsome. Can you imagine? Smart. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, But can you imagine, like, if you're, you come from, like, let's say you come from a culture that you wear on your skin. You're you're Mm -hmm. black. You're Latino. It it sticks out um, as you, as you, you know, just exist, right? Right there, everybody knows what's best for you is, like, assimilate into fucking whiteness. Mm-hmm. Let's also put on it that you're queer, right? Everybody knows what's best for you. You got to fucking pray the gay way in a lot of situations where, um, I don't know, 
why this strikes me as the case. I mean, I guess it's it's endemic everywhere, but it seems to me like in a lot of uh, black and Latin communities, there's a lot of uh, real staunch homophobia going on, right? Um, mm-hmm. And and again, that is across the board yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. But like, it seems. I think there's a lot of religion uh, that's involved there. Let's not which, let's not be prescriptive, but I I feel you. I feel where you're coming. I'm just saying. I'm saying there. Okay, how about this? Underserved communities tend to be full of people that are visibly not white. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. based on institutional racism, mm-hmm. those same underserved communities are sort of like kept in. <laughs> The position they are using the pablum of religion mm-hmm. often, mm-hmm. right? That pablum of religion is anti-gay 100% of the time. Yeah. Thereby, a lot of poor communities, no matter what the ethnic makeup is, mm-hmm. uh, hate gay people. Yeah. Right? Totally. But I'm talking about being visually not white, mm-hmm. being queer, being told what's best for you on a level that's like, you have to act white, you have to act straight, you have to get a job. What if you're a punk also? You know, you don't want to get a job. Mm-hmm. You want to rail against everything. It's like, everybody knows what's best for you, and it is every single fucking fiber of your being is wrong. You know? Mm-hmm. Everybody knows what's best for you. Everybody knows what's best for you. Yeah. Everybody knows what's best for you. Everybody knows what's best for like, the repetitive, the arc repetitiveness of it is like, it's part of the art. It is the thing. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And like, it's, it's so good. And there's a certain point where you could tell that he's getting tired of going, everybody knows what's best for you. And, and he goes, everybody knows what's best for you. <laughs> <laughs> it actually kind of throws me out of the whole thing for a second. Because it's so funny. Got to catch his but, breath. No, but, he, but he's, he's doing, like, it does start sounding weird. Like, you start noticing that, like, the way he says you is fucked up. Because it's like, yo. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, Which is yeah. fine when you do it once. But when you do it as many times as he does it. Oh, and just the way it leads in. Shoom, 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 shoom. Everybody knows what's best for you. Right? Yeah. And you can tell that he starts to hear it sounding weird. And he goes, you. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <laughs> but. <laughs> yeah, man, I think that like just going off of the, you know, the, the death that envelops this whole thing of, of heaven above and, and hell below, like. You are you are on your slow march towards death, and you are going to hit a point where if it doesn't come early for you, you're going to be put in the position where you're going to be placed somewhere where they can take care of you because we know what's best for you. They know what's best for you, and yeah. time to die. Yeah, and it's like... I mean, the fact is, like like I said, I feel this song in my bones, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And almost nobody fucking is trying... I mean, people know what's best for me, but I have the option of being like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. 
okay, cool, peace. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like this is just like a remarkably powerful and astute song by uh, people that, in, especially in the eighties. And this is a what college grad student writing this, mm-hmm. and it's it's profoundly insightful for the time and for the like station of life that homeboy's in when he's writing this. Yeah. You know, that's sort of, and thank you to Chris McCoggan for turning me on to like hearing this is more than just like a, yeah. Slap your dick against your skateboard punk rock song. <laughs> that's a classic genre, right? Yeah. There's like, Always this element too that I, I I think it's just like in the fabric, but he it just feels like science fiction all the time. It feels like those profound truths of like a Philip K. Dick or a Vonnegut, where it's um, yeah, it's existential and it's also like Armageddon based. Always, always dystopian. I guess the, the difference with Bad Religion is that we're here this isn't this isn't like a a futuristic land this is the suburbs this is where you are yeah i mean um this this might be (laughs) if it wasn't for all the other amazing songs on this record this would be the best song on the record i guess <laughs> i don't know how else to say it but um um <laughs> I, I mean that sincerely yeah. like there's other songs that maybe like slap a little harder and like rock that like up and down the scale thing a little bit more but the song eh, actually it's only second best in terms of mission statement too What's the best? Um, do what you want. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm getting my son to bring my computer charger. He's going to make a guest appearance here. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be great. Wild. I love do what you want. I love that it comes right after what can you do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And um, um, so... But there is some shit between here and there that is worth discussing. I mean, like, for fuck's sakes. Oh, where's the is the boy coming? This is gonna be very exciting, everybody. Um Well, I mean, let let's do what we got time for, I suppose. Yeah, okay. So suffer. Mm-hmm. Um This is the song that I was singing. Earlier, did you ever see the concrete stairs of every day? Lunatic, the hypocrite, or all lost in the fray? I mean, yeah, buddy. Here. Thank you so much. Can I get chicken? Uh, you can have a piece of chicken. Yeah, get some of that chicken. Uh, you know, so, Suffer, as cool of a song as it is, um... I mean, I suppose it's a, in a very weird, like, abstruse way, it's a cry for empathy, right? Like, the lunatic, the hypocrite are all lost in the fray. Can't you see their lives are just like mm-hmm. yours? Mm-hmm. The masses of humanity have always had to suffer. 
But in a way, it's a little like womp 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 womp. It's like yeah, life sucks. Like it's like it's like the song's like kind of like life's a bitch and then you die, right? Like uh, (laughs) you know. um, I love that chord that it opens on and and keeps coming back to though. It's so huge. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean this this song is fucking. I mean it's great. It's it's one of the best songs in this record. But like, the businessman whose master plan controls the words today, find new indications of his species slow decay. Can't see it unless it's just like yours. Hunter stone an undiscovered door leading to get over new turn it for you. <laughs> uh, like it, it's just like I think that this song. It, benefits really well from a great melody and the words suffer being utilized in sort of like the pole position spot mm-hmm. i i'm not convinced that there's a lot here i think this is a, a <sighs> it doesn't hit on all the levels like a, it's like a if like christina Cristino Ronaldo couldn't play soccer. You know, like uh-huh. it, everything about it's great, except for there's like once you get through the surface, it's like, hmm? uh, fucking. I love this song, but I don't know how much it because it, all it's saying is like, you know. Yeah, there's a businessman who doesn't understand that everybody has had to suffer. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a line that's missing from this song that's like... And actually, I read this in an interview during uh, in Thrasher magazine. I believe it was on the No Control um, cycle. Uh-huh. It might have been Against the Grain. And I believe it was Greg who said like, you know, we spend all this time trying to get ahead of each other or whatever and, you know, make money and exploit other people. But at the end of the day, we all go to the same place and we're all in the same spot, dead. And I think that's kind of what's missing Yeah, from this song is like that part where it's like there's an equalizer out there after you. I mean, because mm-hmm. right now it's just like everybody suffers. It's like, yeah. Yeah, suffering yeah, I, I could... leads to it's that that that's missing. Well, you know, some would say that, like, if you're really suffering, uh, death is the win, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a lot, yeah, I mean, a lot like, of truth to that, for sure. Can't talk, you can't talk about these um, sort of, like, existentially dark songs without getting into some existentially dark shit, I suppose. <laughs> But, um, dude, but Suffer is one of the best songs in this record just because it fucking shreds. And that's like the first thing a song is supposed to do is sound good to your ears. Mm-hmm. You know, if it does that, it's a good song. Mm. And this song does that. And it is a good fucking song. Delirium of Disorder is a fucking killer song. Ugh. Talk about like living the bit. 
just the way they're saying delirium. Oh my god. I love the fact that the chorus changes. Like the first time it's delirium, delirium, delirium of disorder. <laughs> and then the second time it's delirium of disorder, delirium of disorder. Yeah. And it's like that like robotic thing where it's like disorder, but it's like roboticized, like which makes any like human thing like in like stark contrast to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. like the disorder of the messiness of uh, sort of carbon-based life forms. You know, it's like, ew, it's gross. But I mean, like, <laughs> life is a sit through which my anarchy strains, resolving itself into works. Chaos is drop on which reality is written. A higher scrolling driverscopic force. Sig Heil. I mean, like, he throws in a Sig Heil mm. in that fucking song, man. Yeah. Uh, and and I believe that the reasoning is, <laughs> I mean, you know, chaos is a drop on which reality is written. It's like we live in a chaotic and tropic accident, mm -hmm. and like trying to make sense of this will make you go insane. And so here I am in like this sort of like radical leftist man. I'll just say Sig Heil right now. See, see, look, not, nothing makes any sense. Yeah. You know? And like, but also it sounds like pretty badass, and it's like sort of like a fucking weird reclamation for like a heavily Semitic band to take on. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't recommend it like Newfound Glory uh, <laughs> to throw in a bunch of seagulls. <laughs> oh, uh, but well, let's let, let's bring it. Let's bring it to close here because we got we got places to be. You and me. Um, what can you do is is it's actually I think my favorite song on this record just because I get so much joy out of the way this one kicks in where all of these are just so fast so just from second zero and then just having that little like and then going into this mid-tempo track which is just such a fucking sugary melody yeah no it is funny it's almost like you can picture him i mean Obviously, there's no budget for this at the time, and now why would they make a video for a song that's 30 years old? But, um, dude, Price is Right stage, <laughs> long microphone, like, it'd be amazing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it'd be amazing. Um, but, uh, yeah, this, this song is, is good. See, this is why I put this record behind No Control. Like, how much is enough when Give You Nothing, Land of Competition, Forbidden Beat, mm -hmm. Part One, What Can You Do, and even maybe a little bit pessimistic lines are all great songs. And again, they would be the best songs on any other band's record, but they are not up to the snuff of you are the government 
thousand more fools uh fucking best for you mm-hmm. suffer delirium of disorder and do what you fucking want man this song is so badass it's like the most badass of songs uh this song comes so hard you know like (laughs) like say what you must do all you can break all the fucking rules and go to hell with superman and die like a champion yeah hey i mean it's like that shouldn't work Mm -hmm. like it goes into like a weird like modulating note there that's like not supposed to be where the chorus starts and the the verses are like super bright and catchy and then mm. but then but then it like comes down to this like sort of really chromatic thing that he's doing there and the lyrics are really dark. I mean go to hell with Superman. I don't know why that's so like evocative and fucked up, but it's so evocative and fucked up. Yeah. But I mean like it just sounds like this is proto MAGA is what this is. Yes. You know, a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Like, do what you want, but don't do it around me. I know this anticipation breed apathy. I'll sit on my ass all goddamn day. A misanthropic anthropoid with nothing to say what you must do all you can. Like, mm-hmm. Break all the fucking rules and go to hell with Superman and die like a champion. Yeah, hey. Like, it's like almost condemning the idea of of rebelling, right? It's like, I'm over it. I'm done. Mm-hmm. But then this very next line is like the most killer line of rebellion ever, which is... Hey, I don't know if the billions will survive, but I believe in God when <laughs> one and one are five. Like, that's like punching your grandma repeatedly in the face <laughs> lyric, you know? Yeah. So good, man. It's like, I'll tear down the buildings just to pass through the door. I mean, th- this is like, not nihilism, this is antagonistic hedonism like yeah you know want like i don't know man i don't i don't even know i'm no big city psychiatrist man but this this is a fucked up dude (laughs) who the narrator of this track is it's the fucking it's the triumph of death it's just like just embrace of like all animal and the just the like the silliness of it i don't know i i I tried very hard not to not to go here but just like seeing all these fucking uh pictures of just like guys and you you talked about this on your on your beyond the sandwich thunderdome um did i say that right yeah that's that's good enough um they get in and then they just fucking take like pictures of themselves being like, oh, we did it. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, like, you know, and everybody's like, well, there was actually, you know, everybody focuses on like the sloppy Joe eating like drunk uncles. 
nobody's focused on like the tactical strikers who had like you know tactical plastic restraints which is like zip ties but for people and who were like hunting the um you know the the uh legislators and you know knew exactly where their offices were and shit and it's like right well shouldn't those fucking soldiers of fortune that were like ready for this have been clued into where they were going and maybe gone there then like it's like like when, whenever anybody's like no no this was a much more serious thing it's like no it wasn't it's a bunch of fucking cosplaying dildos and their kids like fucking hockey shoulder pad flak jacket it, it like it they they got there and then they didn't do anything it's like you've already broken into the capital mm-hmm. fucking Where's your, like, deep throat? Where's your man on the inside that told you where Nancy Pelosi's office was? Fucking follow him to the safe house and fucking go there with your tactical restraints and your fucking bombs and fucking get in there and do it if you're such a fucking badass. But these weren't... These are failed military people. Yes. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, these are failed um, heist pullers and these are failed uh trailer park owners as well you know like there's a lot there's a, there's a real swath going on of people that and i you know i agree there was like there's a lot of like dallas real estate agents that were there as well mm-hmm. who got like swept up in the in the fun but um oops you fucking dumb it, yeah. it's the same reason, like, you don't fucking... Same reason I don't, like, suck a dick at the Christmas party, you know, for my office. <laughs> it's like, it's not a good look, you know? Like, yeah, maybe everybody's, like, going along with the fun, but... Uh... You gotta go back to that office. <laughs> yeah, man. I live here. <laughs> you know? I sleep under the desk. Shit. But, like, yeah, so... But this is a manifestation of that sort of id of, like, I don't give a fuck about anything. I'm just going to do it. And, like, and I really can't stress enough, and I hope our listeners out there can take this to heart. Whenever anybody tells you that we call these people buffoons at our peril, they're fucking buffoons. And, like, even the ones that are wearing flak jackets that have fucking walkie-talkies that, like, had IEDs. The IEDs seized every single one of them by a skeleton crew of cops that were like badly overpowered. Um, and these fucking, and these are capital cops. I mean like the fucking most laziest of pigs, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and, and, and and were they overpowered? Did one of them die? Yes. But, you know, and, but fucking these guys were not, Smithers, I'm starting to think Homer Simpson wasn't the tactical genius I anticipated him being. You know, uh, (laughs) like, if you plan your whole fucking thing, you, like, get... Can you imagine just getting dressed up in tactical gear, period? No. No. 
and getting dressed up in tactical, packing your tactical oh gear to go to Washington, D.C., and then wearing your tactical gear, getting, you know, getting all your fucking zip ties and your fucking little, like, uh, you Batman utility belt fucking grappler hook thing, <laughs> fucking all this shit. And then you get inside and you're like, well, they're not here. Okay. Well, selfies, <laughs> I, I guess selfies. That's, that's what we're doing. Like. They can't even take the next fucking... Of course they can't, and it would be stupid to, because at that point, they'd be summarily executed when they got there, because like uh, the country has a vested interest in maintaining a status quo that is sort of um, kept in place by these figureheads being kept alive. So at a certain point, um, these idiots would be vaporized, but fucking go out like a fucking man. Jesus Christ. Instead, you go down, like, in the exact same way as that guy with the fucking fur hat. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, yeah. Uh, arrested at your parents' house. Yeah, and, and now he won't eat because they're not serving him 100% organic food <laughs> in prison. Yeah, and he, last week, just he just I just want to shop here. I just want to shop at this Trader Joe's. Why can't you let me in? I don't want to wear a mask. That worked I mean, out. That worked out when you went in. All the, all the crimes on camera. What's what's literally, Tim, what's more delusional? Being a shaman for QAnon. And I'm asking this seriously. I... I that's that's choice A. A QAnon shaman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. B. Expecting prison guards to cater to your all organic food diet. Which one is more deluded? Oh man. <laughs> it's really hard to say. See, um, I think that I'm going to go with the shaman and here is why. A white person in America has had enough uh, reinforcement to believe that there is a closet specifically in the prison that is uh, their white person catering. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's something to be said for that, and I don't think that's grossly inaccurate. However... Doesn't the QAnon part sort of forecast that if you go to prison, it's going to be a kind of a bad time? Like, isn't that sort of like what QAnon's about? Like a deep state that doesn't care about the people, and it's like all about pedophilia and stuff like that. And like, I I don't know, man. But anyway, yeah, do what you want. Great song. Um, (laughs) Index fossil, pretty cool. Pessimistic lines, great. Um, the song Forbidden Beat, that's what like Chris number two from Anti Flag calls the doodle bap. I call it the doodle bap. Mm-hmm. Um which is the no effects beat. Um and uh Yeah. Rock over London, rock on Chicago. This uh is truly a great album, even though I just said that I, I don't like about half of it. Um I do love the entire thing. It just it doesn't slap quite as hard as No Control. Tim, what's on our Patreon for next week? Well, 
Brandon, I'm so glad that you asked what is on our Patreon for next week. That is uh, patreon.com slash better sandwich because our last poll, I swear to God, it ended in a tie. Get out of here. We had four choices. Two of them were Revivers, The Beauty Between, and the Goo Goo Dolls, Superstar, Car Wash. Both of them got the same number of votes. Now, Brendan, I wrote this into our Patreon bylaws when we set this thing up. In the bylaws, it is written that the tiebreaker poll is the two tied participants along with one other entry, and that entry is Skeleton Coast by the Lawrence Arms. Three-way poll. Superstar Car Wash was the winner. No. It's Skeleton Coast. It's been six months since this record came out. We've had enough time to let it marinate. And I say you and me, we do what we do. Fucking dive in. So we're doing Skeleton Coast, huh? We are doing Skeleton Coast. Great. It's been a, it's been quite a road. And there's a lot more road ahead. I mean, they found out that why McDonald's doesn't serve pizzas, and they still have that fucking podcast. So we're good. So that'll occupy... Um, however many fucking weeks we want we're excited to do that we're still gonna be doing all sorts of exciting things on patreon patreon.com slash better sandwich we'll be back with this podcast next week we uh, look forward to it and we'll see you then thank you friends love you guys bye Everybody